Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. Greatness is a decision and your birthright. You deserve to love the woman looking back at you in the mirror. This show is for the purpose-driven female entrepreneur who is committed to only counting the time she gets back up. The woman who is ready to ignite the flame within, find her voice, and use the power of her story to transform the lives of those around her. This is your weekly fuel to inspire you to action, where I'll be sharing inspirational stories, real talks with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs from around the world, and provide you with actionable success strategies for creating a business you love. I'm a content marketing coach, and I'm committed to helping you as an online creator and entrepreneur wherever you are to turn your dreams into a reality, to help you transform your messaging so you can create a genuine connection with your audience and grow your income online. You are far more powerful and stronger than you will ever imagine. We are the warriors. You were born for this. Let's make life your bitch. Hello, welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I am your host, Brittany Alicia, and I have Quintina Sunny here with me. And she is a conscious creator, and she helps people discover their ability to create conscious choice. And I'm so excited for you to dive into how you help people do that and really explain it, because I think by the end, they're going to be like, holy shit, I need this person in my life. <laughs> I am literally so excited to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. So... I want to know how you got to where you are today. Oh my goodness. We <laughs> have to go back a ways. <laughs> We're going to go back a little bit here because where I'm at today is such a, it's such a transformation story. And I don't say that to brag, to be like, oh, I'm just so amazing. It's more just like, I know that this is possible for anyone. And for a really long time, I did not believe that. I didn't believe that true healing and transformation was possible. And so being able to be here and now being able to teach other people what I've learned along the way, really being um, the lines, human design, that role model, um, kind of going first with the trial and error and being able to teach people in that way. Um, if you don't know human design, but uh, I am just obsessed. And that's one of the things that I use for conscious choice we'll get into. Um, but yeah, we kind of got to go back a little bit. Uh, when I was younger, I had a lot happen in my young, young life. Um, I was adopted by my beautiful, amazing grandmother. She was such an amazing person. Um, so loving, so caring, um, did the best that she could. And my biological mother wasn't really fit to be a mom. And I'm so grateful for my life, but also would have understood if I wasn't here, <laughs> but thankfully, even with all of her drug use and everything, I mean, I think I turned out pretty okay. Uh, <laughs> So she, um, yeah, she just wasn't able to take care of me. So my grandmother stepped in and, uh, when she passed away, I was 10 years old mm -hmm. and that was the most devastating part of my entire life. Um, even in that time, I was also being sexually abused by my uncle who lived with us. Nobody really knew about it. So there was like an element of 
feeling like I was already abandoned by my mother. My grandmother was doing the best we could or she could, and we were dirt poor. And -hmm. then on top of that, uh, she had her son, my grandma had her son, my uncle living there and not even real, really realizing what type of person he was. Mm -hmm. And so that really created a lot of, um, painful moments in my life. Um, even though back then, um, I know this is really uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about, but I think it's really important for those people who do feel this way. Um, if you were abused as a child and you either sought it out or you didn't see it as abuse as a kid and you thought it was like this secret between two people and like, you know, it felt good and you loved this person and you didn't really understand the dynamic. I think that's really important to share because it goes into my, my later life story Mm -hmm. and uh, how I ended up being trafficked and manipulated, terrible relationships, just the domino effect that Mm -hmm. it, it just made them all fall one after the other. And so I finally was an adult. (laughs) (laughs) I went through two more families. And, um, one of them, we did not get along. It was not cute. Um, more abandonment wounds there. And then, um, coming up with my last set of parents who got me at 13. And I mean, (laughs) we've all been 13 before. Okay. (laughs) Like that's a rough age, uh, to begin with. But then on top of that being, uh, having all of the emotions and, um, just the hormones, Yes. Oh my gosh. Everything like trying to figure out who I am as a person, what I'm, what I believe, like really coming into that, like teenager phase. And, um, you know, I was a little bit rebellious, uh, promiscuous and it was a lot. And Mm -hmm. when I, what I realized was I just wanted attention from anybody because I didn't feel like I was able to get the type of love. My love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. And my, none of my sets of parents, except for my grandmother were like that. They weren't able to give that to me. So I sought it in other, other places and other people, Mm -hmm. even when it wasn't the best. And I'm sure that so many people can relate to that because I mean, I countless people that I know have been in relationships that, you know, it's not good for you, but it's like, they give you what you need sometimes. And Mm -hmm. that sometimes is like just enough to keep you hanging on, but it's not enough to be healthy. It's really those toxic relationships. So that's what I got into. And when I was trafficked, I was 20 and turning 20. And this just really happened because I was so vulnerable. I had just gotten out of jail for something I didn't even do. Lost my job, lost my car. It was broken down. I was sleeping in it. Um, <laughs> it was bad. Like just the, the epitome of like rock bottom <laughs> and some beautiful man in a gorgeous dark green Lexus drives up to me and says, Hey, do you need a ride? And I'm at this point, I'm like, of course I need a ride. Do you know what I've been through? <laughs> and got you have car. no idea. <laughs> no, literally like the, the fa- 
the way I need a ride right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And you're like, I manifested this. This is great. This is great. Just kidding. (laughs) And it's so crazy how it even happened because when, when he met me, I was actually looking for a pawn shop to sell some stuff at. I had only been in Colorado. That's the state that I ended up in. I'd only been there for a couple of months and six weeks out of that couple of months I spent in jail. So (laughs) I had no idea where I was going. I had no idea what I was doing. And so, you know, he showed me the kindness that nobody else would. My parents showed me tough love. They were like, you know, you made your bed, you lie in it. And I'm like, looking back at that, I'm so grateful that they didn't bail me out. But at the time I was obviously pissed and Mm -hmm. so heartbroken and just wondering, you know, when are you going to love me the way that I need you to? And that was that was the breaking point for me of just like I don't even care what happens to me in this life I'm just done if whatever happens happens and so he was telling me like you know I do like you know should I get you a hotel should I whatever and he did he got me he got me food um you know so I got to I got to shower all that good stuff and when I thought about like how am I going make money. And since I had pending charges, I would, I had pending charges, three felony counts. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, nobody is going to hire me with three pending felony charges. Like no one. (laughs) So like, what am I going to do? And so I was like, you know what? I will just hit the track. And when I said that, I really didn't know exactly what I was saying. I kind of knew because my mother, my biological mother was also um, a victim of survival sex and prostitution. And so I kind of knew that. And I was like, you know what? I'll just do, just do what she did and it'll be fine. You know, can't be that hard. Just wait on the street corner and they'll mm-hmm. just come. You do what you got to do and then you'll leave. And he looks at me and he's like, do you even know what you're talking about? Do you even, have you ever done that before? And I was like, no, but it can't be that hard. And he was like, no, 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 no. If you're going to do that, let me show you this way. And we'll see, like, if you like that better. How did this man know? Like he <laughs> literally pegged me. He was a literal pimp and mm-hmm. had done this many times before to mm-hmm. other women. So he showed me how to post on Backpage and I did out calls, which is where you go to the buyer. And I did that for three and a half years. That is a long fucking time. Oh my gosh. It literally felt like a lifetime. Like sometimes I think about it and I sit there and I'm just like, that wasn't real. Like that literally was not a real time in my life, but it really like three and a half years. That's a huge chunk of my life. That's my whole early twenties, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was a little crazy. And finally I started to realize when we got another, uh, another girl, they call them wife-in-laws. Um, when you have multiple women, um, under one pimp, that's your wife-in-law and she would not leave. I scared all the other ones away, but this one, this one would not go. I was like, why won't you leave? <laughs> what the hell? Um, and so I started to get really jealous 
because even though I was bottom bitch and bottom bitch just means that you're kind of like the queen, the one that brings in the most money, the one that if there are other women, if you have other wife-in-laws, you know, you, they go to you before they go to daddy pimp or whatever. And so like I held that position because it was the only control that I had. Mm -hmm. It was the only thing that made me feel like I had any ounce of control left in my life. Mm -hmm. And every other decision when I ate, when I took a shit, when I would breathe was all like documented and like, it felt like it was planned out for me. I -hmm. had no room for my own choices. And one day, um, and I, I blame Nexplanon, but I'm also thankful. Uh, if you don't know what Nexplanon is, it's a insert. Uh, it's a birth control that goes in your arm. Uh, they put like a rod in your arm. Yeah. For your birth control. And, um, I had never had this one before, but it made me psychotic. (laughs) I was a bitch. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, and not in a good way. Like just the The epitome of bitches be crazy. (laughs) No, actually. And you know, there's the, there's one rule, just one. I mean, there's a couple of rules, but there's, there's one rule that if you break it, you're, you're really playing with your life. And that's yelling at your pimp you just don't do that and for some reason I felt like it was okay one day for me to just lose my flute shit (laughs) and he actually pulled out a loaded gun put it to my forehead and told me if I didn't shut up he was going to kill me and I realized that I literally did not give a fuck so much that I kept screaming at him to do it. Like that's the level I was at of like, Mm -hmm. I don't care anymore. And thankfully he didn't. And he just choked me out. And then I woke up and I had to literally just pretend like none of this even happened because I have nowhere to go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have no options or at least it feels like that. I have, I feel like I literally have no choices, right? Can't see any additional um, decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I realized I was like, you know what, this is going to be the time that I need to get out. I have to devise a plan. I have to get my, I have to get my ass out of here because the next time I'm not going to be so lucky and mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it out of this life. And so, um, I just kind of kept stashing money. I was doing the dates by myself. So, um, he was driving my wife-in-law to her dates, but I was doing my dates by myself. So sometimes I would just tell him it was a blank call, which just means that, um, I showed up and they didn't answer. I didn't go in. Um, and I would just stash money. Um, and also I was a full-time manager of a hair salon. So I had this whole double life thing going on where Mm -hmm. I was working during the day and then, um, going on dates at night. And, um, I started stashing tips at work, um, my hairstylist tips and stuff. And finally, after a couple of weeks, uh, they went out on a call. He took her and I, he asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay back just in case I get a call. And he was like, the way that he looked at me, I almost didn't leave because he looked at me like, I'm so proud. Like that's, that's my bottom bitch right there. You know, Mm -hmm. like that girl, like holding her place. And after they left, I sat there for a couple of minutes, frozen, 
even able to like, I couldn't even move. I could barely even breathe at that point. Mm-hmm. And finally I was like, I have to call my sister. So I was like, I hope she answers. So I call her. Thank God she answered. I was like, Ray, I want to leave. And she's like, get your shit and go get grab this. She was like my saving grace. She was the one that really kept me level headed during the entire thing. I feel like it was like a blur (laughs) and I just grabbed all my stuff. I jumped in my car and I just kept driving. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the first time that I realized, holy shit, I chose me. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) So good. And after that, that really led me down a path of how can I show women that they get to choose, especially women in, in that lifestyle, you really feel like you don't have a choice and it is the choiceless choice. It's like, you're going to eat shit or you're going to eat garbage. They both are terrible choices, but you have to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. And so realizing everything that led up to my inability to choose, or at least having somebody else be the one making all of my decisions for me. That's what really got me on the journey of conscious choice and showing women that we have the ability to override the trauma responses that are inside of us that run 95% of our behaviors, completely Mm -hmm. unconscious. And just being able to gain 1% more control over those thoughts, over the the thoughts that 90% of them are repeats from yesterday. (laughs) And so just being able to catch yourself in those repetitive thought processes, which eventually turn into your beliefs. And then Mm -hmm. on top of that, being able to regulate the nervous system. So it stops making the decisions for you. That's what jumpstarted this journey. And I was like, it was always about choice for me because when I'm able to make conscious choices, when I'm able to choose me continuously over and over again, I know that I am not just healing me, but also healing the generations before me. I'm healing my mom's lineage when she didn't have a choice, my grandmother, when she didn't have a choice and so far back. And it just feels so beautiful to be able to give that to other women, Mm -hmm. just like I was able to move through that. And it took some time. Um, but it was so worth it going through what I had to go through in order to get to this spot. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful. (laughs) Like, and it's, it's amazing how we call those things. Like we're grateful for them today. And, you know, in regards to the conscious choice thing, I think when we are able to go through a healing process and look back at the trauma that we've been through, we realize that we've always had control and choices all along. It's just, the choices we were choosing. Right. And for me, from my experience and what I've been through, I was able to stop like considering myself a victim. Like, you know, it's 
I was a victim of this, but I'm not a victim today. Like I refuse to let that control me. And today, and I can look back at my own experiences and I can see where I made the choices that I did to get me to where I was. But I also have that opportunity to change, change my choices today. And not in a way, because I know there's women out there who might be listening to this who are like, no, like I'm, I am a victim. And I remember that feeling. And there's nothing like, I want to say like, there's nothing wrong with that feeling. Because sometimes we need to go through those emotions and really feel them until we're ready to go on that next step in that next journey. Like it's, it's part of the journey to sometimes sit in the emotions and sit in the shit for a while. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I feel like that's really what it takes. It takes that rock bottom moment and nobody wants to get there. Right. Like Mm. society is always talking about, you know, how we need this structure and like, this is how life is supposed to go. You know, you go to school and then you go to college, you get a job, all these things. It's like everything has a structure. So anybody that falls outside of that, we already feel like a failure. So Mm -hmm. at that point, it's almost like you feel like you didn't even have choice at that point where it was like, well, my destiny is like laid out for me by society telling me that these are the choices that I have to make, but not realizing that, yeah, maybe somebody has to choose between um, an in-state university and an out-state university, but those aren't your only options, girl. Like you, have, there's so much more, but we don't see those choices. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where I was in the moments where I felt like a victim. I really felt like, oh my gosh, like I literally have no other choices. These, these, these are my options. And until I realized, oh, wait a minute, just because I can't see other choices doesn't mean there isn't any. (laughs) And it's hard when you're in survival, because I know, I remember even for myself, you know, my choices were stay where I was at in fear, but I had a roof over my head and I was safe. Or how bad of a beating do I need to go through to get out of this? And some days it's just, it was like, it, today's not the day. Today's not the day. I can't go through that today. You know, and what if I go through it and it doesn't work? Right. So there's, you know, yes, you have choices, but at the same time, it's a, a harder than, you know, in-state or out-state <laughs> university, yeah, right? Exactly. But yeah, you, you can talk to people who have been through that road as well, and they're victims of their mind, right? Like they're, because they also have, like people have experienced, you know, the traumas of not being enough. And all of a sudden it's like they weren't on the streets or abused by someone physically, but you know, they, they didn't, they felt they didn't have choice between, you know, they had to go to university. They had to do these things. And, you know, if they've lived in a home where their parents had so many expectations of them, they felt like a failure if they didn't, or they felt, you know, their parents were still forcing them to go. And it's almost that 
mental, um, you know, and mental abuse. And I mean, there's so many great parents out there who they just want the best for their kids. Right. So, I mean, we can't also walk around and be like, my parents were abusive. <laughs> right. Right. But, but it is being a leader. Like I know my little brother, he for so long was living at home and my mom was, would say to him, and I mean, it's not that she was hurt, like trying to be abusive in any sort of way. And I don't consider my mom abusive at all, but she was kind of holding him back from going out and making those decisions to go to school because she watched my sister and I do it. And for me, I was, you know, a free spirit where I'd go to university and then I'd leave and then I'd go back. And then I like got a, you know, a diploma to be an x-ray tech. And like, then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And she's like, you know, so she saw what I went through and she knows my brother is very much like me in a free spirit. And she's, she said like, I don't want him to go to school, invest all this money and then not want to do it. Right. And so she, she didn't understand the program that he's in either. And so, cause I think he's in like video production and all this kind of stuff that excites him and her like she doesn't see it as like you know those like baby boomers where they don't see what are is it gen is it baby boomers or gen x i can't remember it's a little i think it's a little bit of both boomers they definitely don't get it but even gen x well because they have that mentality of like you go to work you have a career you get a nine to five you have the house the kids the dog the vehicle but you're in extreme debt but don't tell anyone like, let's play the Joneses. Don't tell anyone. And you have a pension and you can start living your life once you retire. And that is, yeah. And that is their life. And they're like, they don't actually live. And so I remember when I told my mom, I was going to start a business. She's like, but you've always wanted to be an x-ray tech. I said, that was a 13 year old girl dream of mine. And I'm unapologetically millennial. And I, that that's great. I did it. And I checked it off my list. Now what? <laughs> and she's like, you can't live this way. <laughs> watch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Watch me. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. And my parents were very much the same way. They, I mean, my dad's a chemical engineer and my mom was, um, has a degree in hotel restaurant management that she didn't really need to use because I mean, my dad is very successful. And so, you know, she was there to raise us and my dad was there to work. And that was just the dynamic that we had. And I mean, we had everything when I, when I lived with them, like we had everything that we needed and wanted and everything was so great. But I, you know, I also think that I was 13 when I came into their lives, I'm a whole person at this point. And I was the same way. Free spirit was like very much like just airy fairy. Everything is like, yep, just <laughs> me. <laughs> With our little hand flutters, like just eccentric and weird. And they were not. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I give them so much props because bringing in a 13 year old and also like trying to guide me when I'm literally already solidified as like all my dreams and things that I want to do. And I wanted to be a hairstylist. And my dad was 
horrified. He was like, absolutely not. That is not a thing. You're not doing that. No. And I was like, no, I actually am. And he was like, well, we're not going to pay for your college then. And I was like, that's fine. And I think that's when he realized that I was serious because I was like, I don't want your money. I want to go to beauty school. Like this is, I know this is my dream. And so it's so funny that you said that because I was thinking about how people uh, get really caught up in their, in their, what's my purpose? Like, it's like this big, like uh, existential crisis that everyone goes through. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be here for. And I want to give you some peace of mind to the to people who are listening that your purpose is mutable and it transforms as you do the purpose that you mm-hmm. served at that stage of your life when i was an 18 year old oh my gosh yes hair and beauty was my purpose and i lived that purpose to the best of my ability i was so talented i had such a passion for it and I really made people feel beautiful. Like I really wanted to do. And that was like my whole purpose behind doing it. And then as I grew, as I went through different things, as my life's circumstances started to mold me into something new, my purpose changed. And as I was so resistant to that because it felt like I didn't have any control didn't have any control over it then oh my gosh like I was supposed to be a hairstylist supposed to be a successful on my own salon have multiple uh chairs booth renting you know be a celebrity stylist doing hair and makeup on magic people like you know that was the big dream and Mm -hmm. the universe had a different plan and everything that I went through set me up for the purpose that I live now. Will conscious choice always be my purpose? No, but I think that it will always be something that's underlying for me because the lessons that I learned around choice, really actually creating conscious choice, all came from my experience. And even as a coach, as a mentor, as a guide, as I morph and transform, so will my purpose and my message. And you just get to be so fluid with that. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be this rigid, structured, I'm going to do this thing forever. Because if you put yourself in that box, oh my gosh, the anxiety, the stress that comes with keeping yourself in that space, that that box that you feel like you have to fit in because, oh, if you bounce around, then, you know, you're, uh, you know, there's something wrong with you. If you can't just mm-hmm. stick to one thing and oh my gosh, you're always doing something different. It's like, yeah, 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 I am always doing something different because I'm changing every moment. I get to be whoever I want to be in that moment. And, and I get millennial. to open my heart. Yeah. <laughs> like I get to open my heart to whatever is moving me in that moment. And that's the beautiful thing is instead of having anxiety about my future or being depressed about my past, I've learned that conscious choice comes from being able to be present Mm -hmm. and really understanding where your body is and where your mind is in the moment, instead of trying to control the future, which you can't. And, you know, if you're going to guilt yourself for the past, you're really just torturing yourself. So, yeah. And I love that you said that because 
it is the expansion. I think, I think a lot of us, I mean, you've kind of shared it, um, have said I'm bouncing around, I'm changing things, but it's expansion and growth. Like to me, as you're sharing, I'm like, you haven't changed anything. You're just growing because for myself, for example, at 13, when I made the decision to become an x-ray tech, it was because I had had a brain tumor and I wanted to give back and to help, you know, help the way that I was given. And then I become an x-ray tech and within a month I'm like, now what? And I'm trying to kill myself because like, I feel like I don't know my purpose and why am I so upset about this? Like this was supposed to be the path, right? And then all of a sudden, as I'm going through that, I realized, and I'm seeing all these people struggling with addiction. I had struggled with addiction. And all of a sudden I realized that the reason these people are all so sick and coming into the hospital are the t- all the time is because they're stressed. Why are they stressed? Because they're not going after their dreams. And all of a sudden I hit this wall where I'm just like, how do I want to help these people? Right? Well, if you actually look at tracing it back, it was because I was helped. So I wanted to help other people. I became an x-ray tech because of my experience and continued to go into, you know, making life your bitch where I, you know, it was like all these pieces and all this trauma that I had in my life was really guiding me here. And when you actually, like when I actually can trace back my path, it's just been constant growth. And I mean, it's going to be ever expanding. And, you know, for myself, I ended up dropping the brand, um, the independent boss, babe, it's still like my website at this moment of this recording, but the independent boss, babe, because I had two brands and it was like, I kept being told like in my mind by the universe, it's like, it's time to let that go. It's time to let that go. And I was so stuck in no, like I can't because that's what I'm known for. And all of a sudden I let that go. And it was like this freeing feeling of now I'm going after it because I'm not just teaching people strategy anymore. I'm helping women own their stories so that they can run thriving businesses to create a ripple effect of helping women go after their dreams in this world. And so when you're sharing and you're talking about everything, it's like, you know, being a hairdresser, it's because you wanted to help women feel beautiful. And at that point, it was like, feel beautiful on the outside, help them on the inside. But it like, this is what I'm hearing. You tell me if I'm wrong. But it's like, as I'm listening to you talk, it's like, you took this next step into the conscious choice of now they're actually being able to really tap into themselves. And it's not just about the like surface level feeling beautiful. Now it's so much deeper. And I think for us as entrepreneurs, we have awareness around that. And I think if we have awareness around the purpose type thing, but I think we're, as long as we're aware of that and we don't try and necessarily control it, but follow our hearts. um, I know a lot of the stuff that you like, you know, you share and your branding is all about the soul, right? And we're being soul led as long as we keep being soul led and like continuing towards it and trusting ourselves, which can be so fucking hard. (laughs) It can be so hard. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) man, that was 
this was actually something uh, recent that I experienced where I really had to take a leap of faith. Um, when I uh, went to Ghana uh, back last year in November, um, I really was like, I'm moving here for a man and we were in love and everything was beautiful. And I was just like, fuck it. I'll go to Ghana. Like, <laughs> like why not? And it was like, I literally had nothing keeping me here in the States. I was like, again, the free spirit, the following mm-hmm. my heart, really being like, I know in my soul that this is what I need. And I followed that. And even though it didn't work out the way that I thought it would, um, and I'm not with that person anymore. Um, he and his family will always be my family. We will always love each other. And it was just that we had different ideas for our life. We just had different life paths. And normally I would be devastated that this was my reality. And I would just be like, no, like, I can't, I can't leave this relationship. I just, mm-hmm. I literally moved across the fucking world for that <laughs> man. What do you mean? I'm just gonna like leave him because we have different life paths. And it's like, no, I'm gonna stick it out. And I'm gonna be the the woman in, in, in Africa, you know, women, it's very traditional there where the women are the ones that take care of the household and have the kids and this and that. I'm just like, I'm not there. And he was there. And I'm like, this is not going to work. So either I have to just be okay with bearing children and being the housewife, which I am not that, (laughs) um, or I, I choose myself and I made the hardest decision with all the love in my heart, with the incredible life that I had built there in Ghana, the connections that I made with the people, like they really saw me as a Ghanaian. They, they really, truly um, just loved me so deeply um, and making the decision to choose myself to say, this is not what I want. And I'm not going to make him compromise to my standards. If he wants that type of lifestyle, he can have it, but I'm not going to compromise that. And I don't want him to, uh, you know, compromise for me either. And, Mm -hmm. you know, wait longer for something that like really is his, his dream and the legacy that he wants to create and making that decision was so complicated because, you know, there was love there. He was a real person and we really do have a deep love and a deep connection but we just weren't seeing light on the same level and to be able to after all the abusive relationships and all the um the the cheaters that I stayed with because I felt like this is all I deserved to be like this is a the most beautiful relationship I've ever had and I'm gonna say no I'm going to leave. What are people going to think when I tell them I'm moving back to America and I'm leaving my partner? They're literally going to, I had this whole thing in my head. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to look at me and they're going to judge me. And they're going to be like, I told you so. And I knew it wasn't going to work out like, you know, and I had to sit there and be like, you know what, but do I care? Am I going to bring a child into this world? Because Karen wants to make fun (laughs) of me for, you know, staying over there or like, you know, it not working out like, no, I don't want to do that. But old me absolutely would have just sacrificed to 
keep my partner happy. And Mm -hmm. this is the level of awareness that I want to get to, especially because, you know, I feel like in my experience and with the, the, I have, um, coached and the clients that I've had, a lot of them feel like, "Mm, I, I just don't know if this person's right for me. And, you know, sometimes they're really not. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. like, really, they're, they're not the person for you. And it's okay. You can have that deep love and they still aren't right. And, yeah. you know, that's the hardest decision that you have to make because, you know, it's like that cliche. Um, if you love them, set them free. If they come back, it was <laughs> meant to be. That's really how it had to be in that mm-hmm. moment. And I mean, goodness, at 30, <laughs> I'm still learning these, these things and really being um, faced with um, this, uh, like a, a constant reminder of, are you serious about conscious choice, Tina? Like, are, are you gonna, you know, practice what you preach in this mm-hmm. moment? And that was really what catalyzed me to be like, I know I have to do this because I will not be in integrity with what I believe, what I teach people and what I know to be true. If I stay in this relationship and just because I'm afraid of leaving and I don't know, I, there's so much uncertainty if I leave. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just so beautiful to be able to have that awareness every single time because it's never, it's never going to be easy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, they'll, they'll, you'll always forever have the challenges. It's just, are you able to, um, are you actually able to take what you've learned and apply it when the time comes around again? Because sis, it's coming around again. (laughs) You're going to be, you're going to be tested again and again and again until you figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And it is how many times do I need to learn this lesson? but it goes so much deeper. Um, I, this is something that I recently experienced and like last year I was very successful in my business. And when things clicked, they clicked and clicked fast. And I went on a journey in last July, where I started to shift things up in my business and it went through an ebb and a flow. And there was that judgment there upon myself of your failure, like your clients have decreased. And, you know, the journey that I went on to get to where I am today through all the different healing and everything I've learned, if I had stayed where I was at, I would have been back in that place of not being happy and not following my dreams. And I mean, like you said, it's going to be ever expanding and evolving, especially like I'm numerology and number five. So (laughs) there's that. But, you know, I looked back because everyone was saying to me, you know, Brittany, um, what changed? what did you change? What strategy did you change? And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I changed this. I decided I didn't want to do sales calls anymore. And so I blamed it on that for a while. And I was like, well, because I, like someone told me, oh, you don't have to do sales calls. And I was like, I want that. They're like, (laughs) they're like, just, they're like, just cut them out. And I'm just like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're a few months later and I'm like, 
but they didn't tell me what to do instead. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and so as like all of a sudden my income started dipping, I thought that it was me. I thought it was my business. And it was just recently that it came up for me that it was this aha moment that what, well, first, you know, then my next step when I was like tracing things back was I was thinking to myself, cause I was actually talking to a client, um, who was in my world last year when I was like doing really well. And I would talk to my clients and say like, what if it gets to be easy? You know? Cause I believed at that time, like it gets to be easy. And I don't know if it's one of those things where I like to test myself and I'm like, let's make this hard for a hot minute. But <laughs> I'm okay with it having made it difficult now for myself. But what ended up happening was in this woman, she was, her husband wasn't super supportive of her business. She hired me as her coach. And when I'd get on calls with her, I could hear him in the background calling me a fraud. And all of a sudden I started to question my abilities. I started to question like that. How, how dare I let these women invest in me if they're not getting a massive financial return. Mm. And I was blaming myself, like my, their success on me. So then I thought it was this fraud thing. And all of a sudden it clicked to me and I'm sure it goes back even further than this, but my ex who was like, one, I had two really abusive ones physically, but the one who kidnapped and raped me, he was a con artist and he took money from people and all that. And I'm like, oh God, I didn't want to be like him. And this person made this like little remark that changed everything within my business where it's like, I didn't believe in myself and, you know, now I can look back and I can be like, you know, when someone asks me what changed, my confidence changed. That's what changed. It wasn't the strategy. It doesn't matter what strategy I do. As long as I have confidence in it, I have confidence in myself, which why is why I think it's so important for the women on this podcast to share their stories because the rest of it, like the strategy, in my opinion, doesn't matter if like, I can teach you all the strategy in the world, but if you don't believe in yourself, like I believe my job as a coach is to not tell you all the ways that I do things, but to help you have the confidence to believe in yourself in the strategies that you are choosing to do and to go after. So it's so interesting how with our lives, like we can look back and like, I mean, I can't sit here and analyze my life all the time, but to be aware, to create this awareness of, you know, where, where are these things coming from? Where like you said, you know, it's when we can create that awareness as to the thoughts and how the thoughts create the beliefs and like that kind of thing. It's like, oh, oh, this makes sense. And all of a sudden this shift happens. And all of a sudden, like I have this level of understanding and all of a sudden the clients increase the, you know, I start like doing a podcast and all these, like, you know, everything falls into place, but I truly believe the journey I went on last year and a knowing where it's like, I, I know this is just a moment in time and that there's so much I'm learning. 
And that level of trust is like, that's the kind of stuff that's hard. Like, I mean, we can talk, we were talking, I think before the recording about manifestation and the level of trust that you have to have. And I'm one of those people who it's like, I have to understand it. Like, why am I doing this? But I mean, it, when we can at least trust ourselves, maybe not the universe, but if we can trust ourselves and be like, I know, I know I got this and I'm going to keep moving forward. And it doesn't matter how many times I fall down, as long as I'm willing to get up, like, and like you said, make that conscious choice, then I have complete power over my world. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So true. The self-trust is one of the most important pieces that I think a lot of people miss. And like you were saying with like the strategy, everybody's like, what's the strategy? What do I do? And it's like, it really honestly is like 5% about what you do and 95% (laughs) who you are and what you, who are you are being. And that's the thing. Like, you know, we treat ourselves like human doings, but we're human beings and we (laughs) need to like, instead of trying to figure out the perfect strategy or like, you know, put the puzzle pieces together. Oh, this worked for this person. It's, it really starts with that, that trust in yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about the process of conscious choice is, you know, not only do I focus on the mindset because that's extremely important and the reprogramming of the subconscious, but also it's a, it's a body thing. You have to combine the two because Mm -hmm. the mindset will be one portion and that's wonderful full cognitively. If you understand manifestation and you, (laughs) um, you know, it's, it's in your head, like that's great. But unless you are embodying, unless you are removing the triggers and the activations of the nervous system that are causing the unconscious, uh, you know, decisions that you're making, you are not going to be able to catch yourself when you are just on autopilot going Mm -hmm. through the motions, or, you know, if you have an activation and you have a habit of yelling at your partner or blowing up or completely shutting down, you know, going the exact opposite and like not, you know, completely avoiding confrontation, these different responses all have, they all have to do with being able to trust yourself to know what is the way that I need to approach the situation And most of the time, you know, you have a trauma response and you just react and we Mm -hmm. love our, our nervous system for that. We, we need it to react for us. Otherwise we would be dead, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) we need our nervous system, but we also need to understand that the connection that the mind and the body have, they work in tandem and Mm -hmm that's what gives you the ability to create that conscious choice so that you can have the freedom from those unconscious decisions and those unconscious bad habits and the 90% of, you know, uh, thoughts that you had the day before. It's like, are you going to continue to live the same day over and over and over again? Or Mm -hmm. are you going to say, no, I'm stopping this pattern in its tracks. And it's going to start with how I embody the confidence and the self-trust. And then I'm going to reprogram my mind to match 
touch that new energy, that energetic embodiment that I now have. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to know how to handle things when before I wouldn't have been able to, or I would have had some sort of unconscious activation Mm -hmm. and just like gone through the motions. And that, that right there is what keeps me going. Even when things get rough, even when I'm, even when I'm in a trauma response and not really knowing like what my direction is and not able to even catch my own self in those things, I can go back to the, the process of how I even got to the system of conscious choice Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, I have these tools and I'm going to tap into these tools and I'm going to use them (laughs) instead of just thinking in my brain, like, you know, how many times have you uh, you know, took a training or, you know, and something clicks and you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. But then like, that's all it does. It just makes sense. But then we were even talking about it where it was like, uh, you, you said that, uh, they, they taught you, they told you to stop taking sales calls, but they didn't tell you what to do instead. Yeah. (laughs) And that's really what, um, what the healing process is like. If you go through it on your own, sometimes you can't see, those those blind spots you don't even know that you're blind in those spots because you literally are just on autopilot in so many aspects and the interesting about that is I mean I had a coach who who should have been like I should have been able to be coached through that but I think that's why it's also so important for us to have coaches in the sense or mentors or whatever so that we can you know, when we make these decisions that it's like, oh, I no longer want this here, that we do have someone who can say, okay, we're removing this. This is what to do next, or let's find this versus that was one of the biggest things that I found that I struggled with, with that individual was that I continued to be in their programs. And like you said, they made sense. They make sense to me, but I have a missing piece And I mean, for me, I realized that the missing piece was inside me all along, but it took me a fucking year to figure it out. (laughs) You know, had had I had a different coach, you know, I would have been probably able to figure that out sooner, but I appreciate the journey I've been on because energetically it's changed who I am as a person. Right. And Even if I did get that solution, then I might have gone back into just being a strategy coach versus now I'm like, no, like, and it was funny because the biggest thing that would bring me back to my purpose or my why, like we were laughing about the word purpose, but the real reason why I do what I do is what I used to do was listen back to the introduction of this podcast, because at that point I was very much in alignment with who I was and like that I created that introduction two years ago and got lost along the way of my journey. And so I used to listen to that to bring myself back to what am I doing this all for? How do I help people? You know, and we go through and we compare ourselves. We see someone who's like highly successful and I'm like, who's going to want to hire a content marketing coach? You know, when they have all these like money coaches out there. And I'm like thinking to myself, uh, the reason that women are going to make money from working with me is because they're confident in their content. Like 
duh. I- and, <laughs> and, and the truth is I don't want someone coming into my world who's only in it for the money because I've had clients like that before who, and it's, you know, it's like pulling teeth where it's just like, you, you don't get why you're struggling. Like you yeah. have to, you have to want to create an impact in this world. In my opinion, if you want me to be your coach, you have to have a reason why, like something bigger than yourself. But truthfully, when I started my journey as being a coach, I was driven by the idea of money. Like, but my why was that I wanted freedom. Like I wanted freedom from my nine to five. And it's like, again, grown and expanded, but I don't think I'd be the coach for me where I was five years ago you know, (laughs) and that's okay. Right. And I just did a post on Facebook where I said, we're not for everyone and that's okay. It's 100% okay. And so for yourself, because part of the journey that I went on this past year was really tapping into my spirituality. Like I just had a girl, I don't know if I said this, but on Monday who hired me because of my spirituality. And she's like, I know I could research this. I know we could tap into it, but she's like, I just love the way you are spiritually and how you use it within your business and that kind of thing. She's like, I want to get there faster. That's why we hire mentors and coaches. We hire them so that we can get there faster. Like you could Google all this shit. Like really, you could Google everything that we teach. It's just, and you can work through the strategies yourself and try and figure it out and try and heal yourself. But you know, do you want to get there faster? And so I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today and understand myself spiritually if I didn't go through the journey I was on. And, you know, um, I don't use it with my clients, but like I have my level one and two Reiki and, you know, I've done timeline therapy and it's like all these energy things, but I did them for me first. And I think that's so important is that we do them for us first and we don't take a course or a program in the idea that I'm going to teach someone how to do this because it's not embodiment. And so I know for you, you have like your breath work, you've done human design, tarot, the conscious choice, like all these things. And so how has that, how have you, like, how did you start going through and taking those courses for you in order to lead you to where you are today and the woman that you are so that you can help others? Yes. So, um, it really started with breath work. Um, Mm -hmm. well, technically it really started with quantum physics. I'll be, I'll be hundred percent real. I did the whole thing where, (laughs) yes, I love, I love the science mixed with the spirituality. I think that they are, they, they work in tandem. Um, and so quantum physics kind of led me on this path. And I don't even honestly know why I started looking up quantum physics physics but that was the thing because that it's I quantum like physics was... and you were drawn to it like because yeah. of, because of the quantum know, physics right? because of the quantum physics you were drawn to the quantum physics <laughs> exactly yeah no explanation really <laughs> it's just, it just it's quantum physics um and so I really started with that and I, I did the whole, like grind it out myself, tried to figure out, you know, healing through using the things that I learned about quantum physics, particle wave duality, all these different things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I did the, the alone healing, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, I didn't hire a coach for years. And so, you know, just having to go through that myself, 
now I love what you said about needing to, or like having somebody come to you being like, I just want to get there faster. Girl, I wish I was telling my friend uh, who I'm staying with right now, we were talking and she's like, I wish I had a me back then now because mm-hmm. both of us are coaches and she does all these things. And we're just like, literally, if we had an us back when we first started <laughs> our journey, oh my God, we would be like magic, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yes. So then um, I was like, what, what can I do next? Like what, what else is there? I was like, I need something new because this isn't, I'm, I'm stagnant now. Mm-hmm. So I found breath work and oh my God, it was the most transformative thing I've ever experienced. And realizing that the breath is not only something that is completely unconscious, something that we don't have any control over, except for when we consciously think about it, it is literally the conscious choice. It is the gift from source, God, creator that gives you life. Mm-hmm. And knowing that not only do I have conscious control over it and I can use it to regulate my body and my energy, but also it's something that gives me life that I don't actually have to think about. That's <laughs> how I knew it was like the gift that forever will give until, mm-hmm. you know, until I do breathe my last breath. But I know that even my soul will breathe. And so that was so transformative for me. And I was like, this is where the embodiment comes in. This is where I actually can use my breath to move this energy, these, these painful moments, all of the trauma and nervous system activations that I experience. I actually get to use my own breath, the beautiful gift to move them out of my body. Mm-hmm. And that was the first step for me. I was like, this is what is transforming things for me. And I became a facilitator literally after my first session, I was like, I'm signing up to be a facilitator. (laughs) And I actually manifested, um, a full scholarship to the, the training. I was like, yes, that I knew that this was my, this was my path, um, with that. And then, um, I finally did hire a coach because I was like, okay, like I'm ready to like, really take this to the next level. And, um, my chose my coach, Chelsea, she introduced me to human design and I fell in love. It just, it made so much sense to me me about the way that I am and, uh, how you can use, uh, your, your human design is an energetic blueprint that you were born with. You were imprinted from the planets, depending on their position. Um, and there's five different types. There's, uh, tons and tons of points of information. I think there is, um, over a thousand points of information on your chart. So it's very, very detailed, really taps into your energy, but the most important part to me about human design was your authority because your authority is what uh, tells you how you are energetically supposed to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, this is literally perfect. Now, first I have my uh, breath work, which is the, um, the somatic aspect of the healing. Now I can use the authority and all the things I, I know about human design to help people make decisions according to their energetic blueprint, which is the correct way for you to make those decisions. And Mm -hmm. then, um, I realized that I was really gifted with tarot. At first I started reading for myself and then I started reading for other people. And I realized that, um, tarot, the, the way that the energy 
uh, at least works for me and the way that I use it and understand it is um, it is a tapping into your subconscious. The cards are a three-dimensional manifestation of the subconscious blocks that are in your body. So depending on the question you're asking the cards, it will present to you the, the subconscious energy that the cards are feeling. And then me as the translator, I'm able to dig into the subconscious blocks that you can't even see that I couldn't see initially without the help of the cards. So I was like, oh my God, not only do I have the somatics, then I had the human design where I was like helping people actually be able to make correct decisions and showing them how to use their energy to make decisions and their body to make decisions. But then on top of that, if they didn't know what they needed to heal, if they were still feeling stuck, not really understanding, like, why am I like, why am I still stuck on this? I can't figure it out. Let's ask the cards. The cards will literally bring it up for you and they will tell you the story of your subconscious blocks and beliefs. And so I use those three in tandem to make conscious choice and coaching people through the actual breathwork sessions, showing them about their human design and then reading their, uh, you know, doing tarot readings for them. Using all three of those gives them the ability to be like, wow, I didn't know that this was a block. I didn't know that this was still living in my body. And now when they do leave me, because, you know, I don't, I don't think my clients are going to be with me forever. I hope that they're not. I want them to, you know, fly and be free on their own. But when they're done working with me, they literally have the tools, the actual energetic embodiment to say, this is how I know I can trust myself. I know that I can make conscious choices because I've healed a lot or almost all of the trauma within the body. I know how my energetics work so I can make correct decisions. And if I ever need to, I know that I can always come back to Tina, even just for um, a quick tarot reading, maybe pull a card for me or just being able to read, get a deck for themselves. And, you know, I can, they can learn from reading the cards themselves, what their subconscious is saying to them. So using all three of those together gives the perfect formula where we're really diving into not only the mindset aspect, but the somatics, the body healing. And I think that if you don't do them both together, you're going to feel like you're missing something. It's, it's not going to be complete um, in that sense. So that's how I came up just choice coaching. <laughs> yeah. And I know for myself, um, when like I, I got my cards and that the woman who I, cause I've had lots of tarot readings before, but the woman who I was talking to, who is like suggesting I get cards. She said, the biggest thing is to pull at least one card a day. And she said, develop a relationship with your deck because it's not just about you reading what it's about. It's actually, you know, being able to live, like see what the card said, live out your day and know what it means in relationship to you. Because when you're pulling it for someone else, it's your relationship with the deck. Right. Yes. And so, I mean, now I have a couple decks and I have like one for prosperity and I have one for like the overarching, like message for the day of like from, you know, the universe and that kind of thing. And so I get to play with multiple decks to see, you know, where the energy's at. And it's always so funny when you pull a card for yourself and you're like 
this must be wrong. Let's shuffle them up again. And you're like, okay, well, let's be real. Like, (laughs) this is your message. And that was one of the biggest things for me was with the cards and also like angel numbers. When I was talking about the dropping the independent boss babe brand and I was fighting it, that's what the cards kept telling me. And that's what numerology kept telling me. Like, and I didn't want to do it. So, I mean, if you're, and I knew that's what it was like, you know, we need to learn how to trust our intuitions. (laughs) Literally. We just ignore it. We're like, no, that's not true. No, no, it can't be. This can't be. I can't be reading this right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, did I drop it on the ground? Is the deck upside down? Maybe, maybe I put the deck upside down. (laughs) And I, I also used to think that if the cards were upside down, it was something, it was going to be something negative. And I've learned like, not at all. You know, there's a lot of amazing things that can come through for you in regards to, you know, really listening and you don't need to look at it and be like this. Oh, you listen, like look at the message and it can seem negative, but all of a sudden when you actually tap into the real message, you're like, no, this isn't like, you have to trust the process of like the journey you're on. And sometimes the journey you're on and you think it's super great. And the card says, "Uh uh-uh, like being excited about the fact that, okay, well, what turn are we taking here? This is exciting. And this is about growth and expansion. And it's not necessarily about me trying to control my path. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I love so much about tarot. And I didn't even realize that I could have such a connection to some like three, some freaking pieces of paper, but there's so much, <laughs> it's so much deeper than that. Just the imagery that you connect to, you know, the different deck. And I, I went, uh, the way I even found my deck made me realize that like, no, like this tarot thing is real. Cause I, before I found tarot, I was kind of like, oh, it's a little weird. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I just felt the pull to like, go get one and try it out and like get a deck for myself. And I was like, I only want a black and gold deck. And if I can't find a black and gold deck, I don't want tarot. Mine's Tell black me and gold why. too. Yeah. I love it. Oh, it's like my fave. I love it. <laughs> um, and I didn't think I would find one, especially if I just went to a random store and you know, cause you're, I'm thinking like most tarot decks are the same, but they have the Oracle decks and things like that. And the first store I go to, I see literally the black and gold edition of the traditional tarot deck. And I, it was, Oh, Oh my God. My heart just stopped. And I, I was like, this is, this is it. This is my sign. I know that this deck was put here for me me and I bought it immediately and it's been my BFF ever (laughs) since and um I haven't branched out away from yet um to like get another one or try Oracle or anything um I'm still kind of waiting for the download to come of like what type of deck I want and what's calling to me um but I know that it will come because I know how I found my first tarot deck Mm -hmm. and that's really what led me to believe like wow like these cards really um have a connection and I the thing that um I've had a few people come to me and say Tina I really want a tarot reading from you but like I don't know like is it demonic like is it occultic and I'm like oh god here we go um (laughs) so I explained to them I'm like tarot it it can it sure if if you think it is then it is if you Mm -hmm. don't think it is, then it's not. And that's the thing. It's not the cards. The cards are just, you know, the cards are just the cards. It's 
you as the reader or you as the person who is seeking the advice, it's your energy that is being channeled from source. The cards are only the 3D manifestation of mm-hmm. what source is trying to tell you. And so if you're getting negative messages or you know, you're know you going to a reader who is using it for, for negativity, then yes, it's going to be negative. The, mm-hmm. the cards will show you that. Um, but if you trust that if you trust your own intuition and you trust the person that you're getting the reading from, the cards are such a beautiful way to have um, your subconscious exposed. And um, there is that that level of trust that you need to have with the reader. Um, and even also with yourself, like when my mm-hmm. clients do branch off and if they do go get their own deck, they're going to need to be able to trust themselves in order to trust their deck and trust the message that comes through and trust their understanding of the message that they're receiving from their deck. So I, I just love tarot and it just oh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Which, what, what is your human design? I'm a six, two mental projector. Ooh, um, I'm a four, two, two, four, whatever it is. Um, self-projected projector. (gasps) I love, I'm a leader. Oh my God. I'm a leader. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. The self-projected projector energy is so beautiful. And it's funny because people mix up our, um, our authorities and our, our, um, types. And I'm like, no, they're very different. Our, our authorities are completely different. That's a whole nother conversation, but I just, I love SPPs because, oh my God, (laughs) just the magic that comes that, and that actually makes a lot of sense because of, um, the, the sure fire way that you express your direction that really is coming from that defined G. Do you have, um, obviously it's connected to your throat. Do you have the Ajna? as well or just the throat and the mine is like you mean like the g g center yeah so you have the the yellow or the yeah the yellow diamond and then the brown square do you have anything above that do you remember no i don't oh so yeah so you're literally when you speak you are Mm -hmm. literally speaking from your identity because of that that throat connection like you literally speak from your identity and that's just so beautiful I'm here to speak my mind I just have my ajna in my throat so I I literally everything I think and believe comes out of my mouth Mm -hmm. um and I'm very stubborn and it's hard to change my mind (laughs) yeah well and it's funny because I'm the right angle right right angle cross of rulership and so like my whole you know my whole reading as I go through it and I like look it up and learn about it is like a lot of leadership, but I mean, it's choosing to step into it. And it's funny because this morning I was actually reading about my daughters (laughs) and, um, she, I mean, she's two months old, but I was just like looking and it's funny because for her, she, um, I, she, she's a generator. I can't remember what else is in her thing, but she, um, her level of um what is it the like she's frustration like when she's oh, not yeah, in alignment her, yeah mm-hmm. and I'm like not selfing oh I'm like oh yeah she is I see her frustration <laughs> and she does she just gets so frustrated and like even at two months old she's like yeah <laughs> like, 
I'm like, I, I, I sense your frustration there, little one. Um, yes, but I mean, with human design, it's, it's so like, it's fascinating. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, as I've tapped into more of learning and really understanding, like I was sharing with you, you know, just manifestation in the last, like the download I got in the last few days, about the science behind it and being able to explain it to someone else in a dimensional sort of concept. And then with the feelings and being able to understand um, when other people talk about, you know, the manifestation and just trust um, the energetics <laughs> behind it. So being able to like put all these pieces together, but then also now understand manifestation from the science point of view that I understand it like actually reading about the self-projected projector and like my human design I'm like I know who I am now (laughs) yes that's (laughs) that's what I love about human design because I felt so lost and I have an undefined identity center so I literally get to wake up and be whoever I want every single day Mm -hmm. and that was scary as hell when I when my coach was telling me about this she's scared the shit out of me honestly I was like I'm never going to know who I am? What do you mean? Like that was <laughs> terrifying to me. Cause I'm like, I thought for so long I have that defined Ajna. So I'm like, I thought I was certain about everything. And that completely derailed me mm-hmm. until I recognized like, Oh wow, actually this is such a gift that I don't have to be locked into any identity. And when I'm working with clients, I can, I literally can pick up their identity. I can see mm-hmm. so deeply. And that's the beauty of, of projectors. Is we see so deeply yeah. into people and we're just like the uncomfortable penetrators. And like, I, I love it. I love being able to just like zoom my aura right into somebody and just be like, Ooh, I see all these things. <laughs> I know. Um, and I find oh. with my business too, when I'm hearing clients talk and like, I sit there and I'm like, listening to them speak. And I'm like, I see so many things and I know what your problem is. Yep. And I'll ask them, do you want me to talk to you in a circle or do you want me to just tell you? <laughs> and I mean, and that's why like too, with, you know, with what I do with people who apply for the make life your bitch podcast, I actually have them, you know, tell me, tell me what you do. Tell me a bit about your story. And I reverse engineer it in the sense that, you know, I, it's easy for me to look and be like, oh, this is the things that you do. This is why you do it. And, you know, I can then, you know, be able to ask questions that make sense. And people are like, how did you do that? The questions that you came up with, this is what I, cause I'll say, this is what I'm seeing for you. Tell me your thoughts. And they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, magic, (laughs) literally magic (laughs) projectors are superior. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're the bomb diggity. I don't know. Sorry to like know. everybody else out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so like you know, with the modalities that you are using, how would you say that it's really allowed you to essentially take your power back in all areas of your life? Like, I mean, I know you've mentioned it a little bit with human design, with the breath work, with tarot. Like, how do you see now looking back how your life has played out and got you to where you are today now knowing, now knowing what you know? (laughs) 
Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, when, when you're going through those hard times, when you're going through those sticky situations, you literally sit there and you're like, why is this happening to me? And, you know, some people really stay stuck in that and they just continue to like, life is always happening to them. And I think my biggest shift was recognizing that life is happening for me, Mm -hmm. even in those moments where I'm experiencing something that's uncomfortable I now can look at it and say, wait a minute. I know that this discomfort is leading me to something. There's a reason that this discomfort is showing up in my life. It's allowing me to unlock thing within myself. And instead of being completely unaware of this and just being like, oh, I have no idea, you know, what's happening. And, oh, this really sucks. And my life is so shitty. And, you know, staying in that victim mode, like we were talking about before, I needed to take my power back because otherwise I was just going to continue to do the same things over and over and over again. I got sick and tired of learning the same lesson again and again and again. (laughs) It was literally the same same situation, same shit, different toilet. Like, you know, it was just like, this is ridiculous. What am I missing? What is happening? I'm thinking I'm leveling up. I'm thinking I'm different decisions. I'm thinking that, oh, you know, if I do it this way, no, none of it was going to work unless I went through it again and again and again. And each time there's something new in, even though it felt like the same situation, there was something new that unlocked within me. So now, um, even uh, just like a recent example, when I was deciding to come back to America from Ghana, I really had to sit there and be like, Am I going to let this completely derail me? Am I going to fall apart, let my business crumble, let myself crumble? Or am I going to use this as an opportunity to start to understand myself just a little bit more and Mm -hmm. see what I'm capable of? And so that's what I did instead of, you know, crumbling to pieces and being like, I lost, I feel like I just lost everything. I was like, you know what? I am a queen. And yeah, (laughs) like, like it was, it was such a wild thing for me because I never saw myself in that position. And even with like, um, being the bottom bitch in my trafficking experience, like that is a different level of like queendom in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, that was more like the exploitive type, but I really like, I actually got to control my own power. I got to be mm-hmm. sovereign and say, these are my decisions. I am going to own them. And instead of falling apart and crumbling to pieces, like I always do. And of course it always works out after I pull to the ground. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to skip over the drama <laughs> and I'm just going to say, what is this trying to teach me? Cause I'm, I'm done being the drama queen. I'm done mm-hmm. falling into a puddle on the floor. I'm done with the hyperventilation. Like I just got so sick and tired of this just complete and utter meltdown. Every time some minor inconvenience was <laughs> popped into my life. <laughs> and in those moments, now, when I see crazy things happening, I'm just like, wait a minute, I am ready to up level. This Mm -hmm. is not for my downfall. This is for my expansion. 
Bring it on. Yeah. I'm so, I get, I get so excited. I'm like, yes, fucking challenges. Like, yes, I'm going (laughs) through some crazy shit. Like, oh, I'm having a trigger. Like, yes. What can I learn? (laughs) Like, it's so weird because before I'd be like, oh my God, my life is so terrible. Calling like all of my siblings bawling on the phone. Just (laughs) they're like, Tina, literally you cried about this 14 times in the past week. Like, you need to we, we need to resol- resolve this somehow and I just <laughs> knock it over myself and mm-hmm. so finally I was like wow I get to take back that, that power and use the tools that I learned to see and actually use them right not just cognitively know them literally embody the tools that I use so that I can move through those hard times and mm-hmm. get to the expansion part without the total meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So for yourself, um, how can people work with you? Yes. Oh my gosh. I just, I love this because there are a few different ways. Um, if you are somebody that loves community and, uh, you like a little bit of drama, <laughs> I have a membership called unrestricted and this membership is where I show you in real time when I do have meltdowns or when I am going through something hard and most coaches, you know, I think there's like a highlight reel around it, uh, around Mm -hmm. coaching in a way in the space and, uh, in unrestricted, it's a private Instagram where I show you all the behind the scenes of when I'm actually going through something. And I show Mm -hmm. you the tools that I use, the breath work, the tarot and um, how I maneuver my human design can help you do that. And it's in a community. So it's a membership group and you get the community support and everything like that. Just so, so cool. Um, The women that are in there absolutely love it. And they just feel so connected. It's like, oh, I actually have somebody to like come with me on this journey. I'm not Mm -hmm. just like alone doing like and stuff. Um, but then I do have the conscious choice coaching. So if you're like, I am so ready to connect my body healing and my, my mental reprogramming, and I want to do them. And I, I want to be like, <laughs> like your client who is just like, oh, I just want to like get there faster Then mm-hmm. conscious choice coaching is for you. That's my one-on-one container, my most intimate, um, way to work with me. And yeah, so those are my two, my two big things right now. What are your handles? At Quintina Sani. So it's just my name pretty much everywhere. TikTok, Telegram, Instagram, Facebook, all at Quintina Sani. Perfect. And that's S-O-N-N-I-E. Just for anyone listening. Um, perfect. So is there anything that I've missed that you're like, you like the listeners, like you guys need to know this? Ooh, I mean, we just, we covered so much. This was so, so beautiful. The only thing I think I would add is recognizing that the amount of freedom and incredible sovereignty that you get when you are able to finally override your unconscious behaviors and make conscious choices, it will change your life. So even if you just listened to this and this resonated with you, remember your power and the sovereignty around your conscious decisions. And that is what's going to lead you into your power. Perfect. That's so beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on here. I think we covered so much and it really 
allowed people to see the journey that you went on and how you got to where you are today. And I think, I think it's very empowering for women to be able to see that it doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter how hard things are right now. Like the, the possibility for you to come out of it is it's there, right? It's just, like you said, it's a choice. And I understand that the choices aren't always easy, but, um, you know, by continuing to listen to podcasts like this, being able to connect with other people online, you know, hire a coach or a mentor, you're going to get there faster and you're going to be able to make life your bitch. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your bestie. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, feedback, or compliments that you want to throw like confetti, you can reach me directly at podcast at makelifeyourbitch.co. Thanks for listening.